Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The radio home of the Buffalo Sabres. Live from KeyBank Center. This is the Post Game Show on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Here's your host, Brian Cozio. 4-3. Kraken over the Sabres. Buffalo still has yet to beat Seattle in their short tenure in the league here over four visits as we welcome you back to the Ted Darling Memorial Press Box. Brian Colziel, Pat Malacaro joining me here as well. Uh, we'll be heading down to the locker room in just a few moments to get player reaction from Paul Hamilton. Uh, this game in which the Sabres led twice, one nothing and 2-1. Seattle tied at each time. Uh, the Kraken, despite being outshot in the third 18-8, outscore the Sabres 2-1 to one. and uh, they end up Buffalo dropping their second straight game here by a 4-3 to three margin Pat I thought it was kind of an even game yes there were some bounces here and there but Seattle a little bit better at finishing their opportunities yeah the effort was better for the Sabres they were working tonight the difference to me was the Kraken were able to find a couple of lanes to the net when the Sabres defense got soft Matty Berniers able to capitalize at the side of the net that was not an e- uh, a soft play but Able to set up Schultz for the for what is eventually the game winner. Able to find the soft spot in the slot, and that's the difference in the game. Yeah, that play that Benier scores on to start the third, he's just in a better spot than anybody else uh, on the Sabres. All right, let's go down to the locker room. Alex Tuck, two goals. He's live with Paul Hamilton. Thanks, Brian. Alex, uh, it just seemed like, especially when you guys got in the third, coverage mistakes were the thing that seemed to kill the team. Uh, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I think just... They capitalized, uh, and we didn't, honestly. I thought we had some momentum for the majority of the game, and uh, when we kind of sat back a little bit or got a little frustrated or just left some spots open in the D zone, that's when they capitalized. Uh, a couple turnovers, but you know, I, I thought it was a step a little bit better than last night, but we have to take a, a bigger step to beat a team that's been playing really well as of late, especially. I'm sorry. Why don't you guys match up well with Seattle? It just seemed that they, you know, they've had their way with you these last couple of years. four games I mean it's pretty spread out it's not like we're playing them in the playoffs and it's a sweep or anything like that it's just I guess it just happened Uh, I guess we've gotten some of their better games and they've been able to capitalize them from opportunities Uh, we haven't played our best by any means against them but um, yeah it's nothing you can look at the last two years I think we're a completely different team than the first time we we ever played them why wasn't here and uh, we got a lot of a lot of guys that weren't um, they didn't play against them last year too, so I mean it just 
can't really think about it like that. For the, for the first 40 minutes, it seemed like you guys did play a good game and maybe didn't capitalize on your opportunities. I mean, you did. I mean, you got a couple. But overall, as a team, did it seem like you had some opportunities you just couldn't capitalize on? Yeah, I mean, there was one of the big things was I think Tomer hit his knob and then hit a corner post there on the power play even in the third period and um, we weren't able to capitalize. I thought we had some really good opportunities. I know Vinny had a breakaway uh, in the second period. Uh, great play by Aspie there and um, you know what? I thought we played hard. I thought we, we it's it's better that we did get opportunities because if last night we didn't get that many opportunities to score. Um, but like I said, step in the right direction but not good enough tonight. Thanks, Alex. Alex Tuck on the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, thank you, Paul. I would agree with what Tuck said. I think they, it was a step in the right direction. All right, we'll go back down to the room now. Here's Rasmus Asplund live with Paul. I don't know your trademark a little bit there, but uh, for, for you to be able to do that and be able to kind of swing the momentum of this game, for you, how does that feel? Yeah, like I've said a lot, like I create my offense from, from good defense. And like you said, me and Vinny um, really tried to focus on that today and, and, you know, create our offense from that. And I think we really did. So that's always been one of my my foundations in my game to, to start with the defensive stuff. And then my offense will come. And I think I did a good job with that today. Rasmus, of course, you want to do well and want to show look at because you want to play. I mean, we, we, we all know that. Uh, did you have to be careful just to play your game and not to try to do too much? Yeah, that's what it was my main focus going into today. Just be mentally ready and play my game, and you know, do the stuff I, I know I can do well, and, and and just go from there. I know you're happy the team's winning, but still, you would like to play. I mean, it had to be difficult for you. Yeah, it's been it's been challenging for sure, but you know, winning is the the most important thing we have here. That's what we come here every day for is to win, and you know, we wanna you know be in the race here for the playoffs and, until the last game. Uh, so you know, as long as we're winning, you know, you just have to be 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 ready when when the chance pops up to to play again. Thanks, Rasmus. And I'm going to stay right with you as uh, Eric Comrie's talking, so just give me a chance to wander over there. Yeah, UPL was supposed to start tonight, but he was sick, so uh, it was what it was, and I just got to be prepared for where I was. My preparation felt good. Uh, Bales did a great job of getting me ready for tonight. We had a good pregame skate, and I didn't really do anything differently than I would have done if I wasn't playing, if I was playing. Around what time did you find out you'd be starting? When UPL walked to the room and he looked like he was really sick, <laughs> that's about the time I found out I was going to be playing. I was like, oh, maybe I'll be playing tonight because I don't think anything's going to go back to back. So it was, it was fun for me to get back into there. But at this point, I mean, you're fine with that. I mean, as, as you said, you, you, you prepare. I mean, you've been through all this kind of stuff, whether it's five minutes preparation or five days. I mean, you just know how to do it, don't you? 100%. It makes no difference to me. It made zero difference to me to get ready for the game. I was prepared for it no matter what. I mean, like I said before, Bales did a great job of making sure I was prepared for this game. And. I was ready, and uh, for myself, I just went out there and battled and had as much fun as I could and just uh, played the game. How, now that you've got you know, your first 60 back on Buffalo Ice out of the way, how are you feeling? Obviously, we've talked about the unlucky bounces and stuff, but this was a, a hurdle you've been looking to overcome for like a month now, so how do you feel? A little more than a month. <laughs> um, no, it was fun to get back out there for sure. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, it was just it was good to get back out there, good to get my skates underneath me, kind of get on the ice and just feel it out again. and just kind of build some momentum off that and get going a little bit. Sorry to ask you again. Did you feel you did have some unlucky bounces out there? Uh, I may have had some unlucky, but then I also had some good bounces. Like a guy hit the post later in the game. So, I mean, that's that's hockey. You're going to get bounces. I never try and look at it unlucky or lucky. It's just, just that's hockey. I mean, for myself, I just go out there and try to control the bounces you can. I mean, if you're working hard, a lot of bounces go your way at that time. And sometimes they don't. So, they're going to always, bounces always even out. For 40 minutes, I thought your, your team played pretty well. You didn't give up much. Oh, yeah. 
then all of a sudden it seemed like some guys did break open in, in the beginning of the third period, didn't it? I thought we played a great game throughout. I mean, I mean that's that's hockey. They're one of the highest scoring teams in the league. I think they're one of the highest scoring teams, five on five in the National Hockey League, if not the most. So, uh, yeah, they're going to get their chances. So it's we did a really good job of defending them for the whole game. I mean, compared to last night's game, we were we were we were skating really well. We were playing our game, and I think uh, something that we can the boys can be proud of was our effort tonight. Were you up to speed right away? I know it's the NHL compared to the AHL. I talked to you a little bit about that the other day, but were you up to speed right away? Did you feel right off the bat? Um, I've, Maybe a little bit, yeah. I mean, it's gonna, it's take it's going to take time, and then it's my first game in a long time in the NHL. So I mean, it's not you're not just stepping into the easiest environment in the world. I mean, you're stepping into the best league in the world. So for myself, I mean, yeah, I mean, I felt fine, but it was still there still could feel like I wasn't quite all there, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks, Eric Comrie on the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, there's the Sabers goaltender coming off of the conditioning assignment now injury free the Sabres really with no injuries other than having a sick goalie and that's Uka Pekka Lukanen that will make that our injury report brought to you by Losi and Ganji Buffalo's workers compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hard-working western New Yorkers 4-3 Seattle Brian Colziel Pat Malacaro up here on the press box thanks to Paul Hamilton for those locker room interviews Paul will be a part of Don Granado's post-game comments in his live press conference coming up here just in a few minutes. At this time, though, we're going to say goodnight to all of our local affiliate stations. If you want to keep listening to the postgame, go to WGR550.com, or you can listen in on the Odyssey app. And for all of you listening on our flagship on WGR550, more postgame coming up here live from KeyBank Center. We'll have Don Granato, we'll have Paul Hamilton's take, we'll have the standings update, some highlights, stats from the game. Final score from downtown Buffalo, Seattle 4, Buffalo 3. I'm Brian Colziel. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Here's a turnover. Tanev sends it to the far post. Pad save by Comrie. Got that left pad over. Dan Dunleavy there on the call. Eric Comrie faced 22 shots. That was one of his 18 saves. That's our save of the game. Brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers. New inventory is arriving daily. Now we get to our play of the game, and we go to the 517 mark of the third. Seattle, oh, we're going to hold on the highlight. Don Granado is making his way to the podium. Let's take you there live for his thoughts. 40 minutes, it seemed like you guys put a really nice game in, and it just seemed like maybe some of their guys got loose in some coverages uh, as you got towards the end of the second into the third. Yeah, I mean, you wish you had a couple things back, absolutely. Um, Thought we had enough enough chances to, to to put more on the board, and that that was the difference to me, um, for me, I should say. Um, I mean, you're you're, you're going to give up uh, you're going to give up some goals. I thought we had chances to get ahead. It might have been a different game at that point. You go in two two and third. Uh, yeah, there's a couple things they took advantage of and created. They're a very hardworking team. They uh, that's a that's a really really good hockey team, obviously, uh, and they they took advantage of. Uh, a few opportunities, and like I said, I think we had enough to generate enough chances that uh, could have won even all the way to the end. In the last power play, we had a, uh, a sequence of uh, great opportunities that, that were created by our guys. How do you think that Eric handled the challenge of stepping in and starting under the circumstances? You know, I think any time a you know first came back for guys that have been out that long is is a challenge. I thought he handled it well. Uh, like I said, I just feel, you know, we we 
we typically score more with those chances we generated, and it wasn't to be tonight. And uh, we couldn't get separation that I thought, uh, score-wise, that I thought we had opportunity, and it caught up with us late. So, Like you say, you didn't score on some of the chances you normally might. Did you sense at least it was more your team's personality at least? Yeah, it's, it's last night's game when you, when you think of that. You can't even break down film and show them. They just were, were out of sorts. Tonight, uh, you lay out a game plan. Um, we played, you know, with much better energy. And so at least you can take this game, uh, knowing the guys played uh, uh, the way they did and tweak and improve. So you, 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 it's a lot easier to feel good about things when you know you go through that and you can get better and you can take that film and get better, and, and we will. Last night was, was not that case. Uh, it was uh, so, you know, it's, it's uh, not what we want, obviously. Um, we do know, like every team, we need to get better. And uh, very frustrating night, but uh, you cannot be frustrated moving forward. There's just too many games. You just got to move right on. Uh, but we can take some things from this that'll that'll help us. And, Aspen uh, and Estrosa, your thought on some of the energy you got? The one power play Aspen created you had a goal right away off of. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, again another very challenging situation for those guys to come in. I thought they were great, providing energy and working. Um, I know the guys were, you know, their teammates, so they were excited to see him in the lineup, and uh, it was nice to get him in. What about you? Yoki was, uh, I thought he was solid. He he just plays a simple game, a direct game, and and uh, I thought he was effective for us. So very nice to have him back in. Uh, that's a big piece we've been uh, we've been missing. He's he's a big piece of our defensive end, and um, it was it was good to see him in there. And he, I thought he played very well. You mentioned they need to get rid of that frustration going forward because there's too many games still to be played. They're humans. How do you do that? How do you get rid of that frustration? And say we got a game. Got to target the next thing right away. So for them, we've got to give them a, give them a vision of what to, the next focus on and move them past this. And uh, it, it it won't be hard to do with this. Uh, as I said, just just go through film and you um, you give them that next focus point. So competitive guys, it'll it'll sting uh, obviously, but there's enough to to turn their attention to. Um, so it shouldn't be an issue. Have a good night. Okay, that's Sabres head coach Don Granado. His post-game comments brought to you by Salino Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Tempstar Emergency Services. Specialists bringing heat on and off the ice. Back up here to the press box, Brian Colsey with you. 4-3, Seattle victorious uh, over the Sabres. Uh, let's go ahead before we talk to Paul Hamilton and get that play of the game highlight in now. And it's brought to you by... NOCO, delivering comfort to homes and businesses since 1933. Game-winning goal, Seattle gets it at 5-17 in the third. Jaden Schultz, his fifth of the year. Alexiak, down low, touched by Everly. In front, scores! One-timer from Justin Schultz. And it's a 4-2 Seattle lead. Justin Schultz, my apologies. Jaden Schwartz, Justin Schultz, both on the team's. Both JSs. There's your game winner. <laughs> it was, yes, Justin Schultz is fifth of the season. Uh, Beneers, a nice pass in front, and uh, Schultz getting it done inside the post to put Seattle up 4-2. to two. So that is your play of the game. Schultz amongst the stars here, all from the Kraken. Eberle, who opened the scoring for the Kraken, had a goal and an assist 
He's star number three. Schultz, we mentioned the game winner. He also had another assist, star number two. And then Matty Berniers, who I thought had a very, very strong night, had the goal early third period, also set up the game winner. He is star number one. We'll make Matty Berniers the electric player of the game. Brought to you by Town BMW for an electrifying performance. Check out Town BMW's lineup of EVs. Let's get you some final stats now from this one tonight here. Brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Final shot totals for the Sabres, 18 in the third, 35. They had more in the third than they did in the first and second combined. They had 17 through two periods, 18 in the third, 35 total. Seattle with just 22. And, you know, if you break down each of the four goals against, I'd probably say the first uh, two, definitely not Comrie's fault. I mean, one's a redirect, nothing you could do there. The second one, Labushkin, was very weak in front on the Gord goal. Uh, the third goal, off the post, you know, Beniers is just first to the rebound. There's no saber there. Uh, the fourth one, if, you know, maybe Comrie can make a big save there, that could help out the team. It's not what I'm saying, like, oh, my God, how'd that go in? It was a nice quick shot uh, from the pass in front from Beniers, but, you know, tough to maybe gauge Comrie in this one. There wasn't a ton of shots, just 22. I know just the straight math says Comrie didn't have a good game. 22 shots, four against so, you know, if you look at just straight math and save percentage, people are going to say Comrie had a bad game. But, you know, you look at the goals, I think three of the four are probably going in on any of the three Saber goaltenders. The fourth one that ends up being the game winner, if he could come up with a big save, well, maybe we're talking about overtime right now. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was a great performance back. I wouldn't say it was a bad performance back. He only faced 22 shots, not a ton of action. The goals that went in, eh, you know, I feel like those would have went in with anybody. All right, let's go down to the room now. Paul Hamilton's with me. Paul, let's start with Eric Comrie. He's in tonight, plays for the first time in over a month. Uh, what would you think of his performance? Yeah, the first goal is a good deflection in there by Eberle. You know, it's a change of direction. You're not going to be able to stop that one. I mean, maybe the last one if you want to sit there and say you'd love to have a big save, but you're not going to blame the goaltender on that. That's a, He rips that shot from between the circles. I mean, just gets everything into it, and you hope maybe you can get a big save there, but certainly that's not a goal you'd say you'd want back by any means. you got a guy coming down the slot, horrible coverage by the Sabres. They're beaten by two Kraken players, you know, one coming down the slot and one coming up the side. They, they bring it to the net and go to the net like they do. They're very good at that, and very poor coverage by the Sabres. You're not going to blame the goaltender on that one, so... Uh, yeah, as I said, if you want to say you want to get a big save off the last one, fine, but certainly not one that you'd sit there and say you want back. Right. Well, Paul, the effort, the energy, and the scoring opportunities, definitely better from last night. And I think Don Granato's correct. Like, that Flyers game is one of those, all right, you throw out the tape, that's not what this team's about sort of things. Tonight seemed to be better. Um, where do we think maybe ultimately it went wrong? Was it just Seattle when they had their chances, just did a better job of bearing down and finishing? Yeah, I thought the Sabres did a good job of limiting their turnovers because Seattle's probably one of the best teams in the league at creating turnovers. I mean, they, they really get on you hard, and they create turnovers, and that's why in the other three games they've played in the history of the Kraken, they've lost because the Kraken has have made them turn the puck over, and then the game's gotten out of hand because they've obliged. I thought they were better at that. What happened was after 40 minutes, I thought, all right, you're playing a solid game. I mean, you're not, you're not turning the puck over. You're playing a solid game, but then they lost their coverages. You know, and, and Kraken players were getting open and scoring goals when they did get open and just making mistakes on those coverages. 
and let's face it, the Sabres did have a lot of opportunities. They only lost by a goal, and you know Thompson hit a post, Skinner hit a post. Skinner was open on the side of the net nine out of ten times. He's going to score on that. He didn't. Grubauer made some good saves along along the way uh, on some plays. Some plays like for Olafson, he had plenty of opportunities, and it just seemed like pucks at times were just sliding away from him. You know where. Maybe other games those pucks come to him, you know, and but you know the, there's an open net, but the puck slides away from him. That happened to Thompson a few times. Um, so you know Don Granado talked about, and I don't disagree with him. You know they certainly had enough chances. They only lost by a goal. They had enough chances to score more goals, but through either good saves by a goaltender or their own doing, they weren't able to convert on them. One person who did convert tonight, Paul, was Alex Tuck. He had two goals, opened the scoring, closed the scoring. His hot streak continues now, 10 points uh, in his last six games, and now he's up to 20 on the season. He's on pace to be over 40 uh, for Tuck, who just tied his career high. That's a pretty great pace for him to be on right now. Yeah, I mean, he here, here that's a guy who did convert on his chances in this game, Alex Tuck. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he's just been on a hot streak that's crazy, and it's interesting because we, they haven't even hit the halfway point yet, almost, but not quite. You know, so, uh, you know, there's plenty more to come from him, plenty more to come from Tage Thompson. And, you know, that's just a couple of games. Now you don't score at all against the Philadelphia Flyers. You only get three against the Kraken. And when you're used to scoring a lot more goals than that, you're used to scoring over four goals a game and you're leading the NHL in scoring. And then you don't. And now you've lost two in a row. So it's a shame because, you know, they've got games in hand when you're looking at the races and everything. But, you know, that's the point I've been trying to make all along, too. Just because you have games in hand, I mean, you're not going to win every game. And they did get themselves behind an eight ball where, you know, you basically kind of kind of win almost every game. And that's just not feasible. That's just not going to happen. You know, they've played much better since the eight-game losing streak, but they've lost their last two. Last game was totally, they were as Don Granado said, they were out of sync. I thought, as I said, I thought they were better. I mean, they didn't, you know, turn the puck over like they normally do against Seattle until later. And But better wasn't good enough because they were playing a good hockey team. Paul, this is probably the, you know, the, the least scientific analysis you could give, but every one of those one-timers from Tage has been going in. Skinner seems to be scoring at a rapid pace, but now he's catching the pipe on all of his shots, whether the mm-hmm. crossbar or the post. You know, the, the power play just has been money, and those seem to be hitting a crossbar or maybe just, you know, a guy seems to have just, oh, just not enough wood on the on the shot there. Is it just maybe at some point just random some bad luck that could be a piece of these nights? I'm not saying that's the reason they lost, but, I mean, everything's been going in for them. And that, you know, yeah. they, sometimes maybe just because it's sports and because it's hockey and a puck isn't round, it just, you know, sometimes it bounces weird and maybe – just happens to happen two nights in a row. How many times tonight, at least a, two or three, I can think of, Tage Thompson did some of his patented moves and looked like he was going to be in line for a great scoring chance, and at the last second, the puck rolled off his stick. Or at the last second, one of the Kraken knocked it off his stick. You know, where recently, like in the last 20 games, those are in the net almost every time. This time, it was just like, just, just missed. You know, just at the last second, the puck slides off your stick. You know, I, I told you in your mission when Skinner was all by himself next to the goal with the goaltender down, nine out of ten times he's putting that puck in. He'll easily flip it over the goaltender and in. But 
something happened with, with the way he was holding his stick or something. He couldn't do it, and he put it right back into Grubauer's pads and, and didn't score. Those are things that they've been successful on lately, especially in their hot streak. And now, you know, it's, it, it's not going their way. And as Don Granado said, they can't channel that. They can't keep that frustration going because they're in a race. And they have to be ready for a game on Thursday. So they've got to, you know, release that frustration of the last two games and say, hey, okay, we, we have a game on Thursday against the Winnipeg Jets, and we got to start because the Winnipeg Jets and the Nashville Predators are both red hot too. So you're facing the Flyers, who had won four out of five. You're, you're facing the Kraken, who were red hot on this road trip. They hadn't lost. They haven't lost in, in 2023 yet. You're facing Winnipeg. I don't know what they did tonight, but going in tonight was red hot, and so are the Predators. So, you you, you know, you, you're going to be in tough, and you're going to have to have your best game if you want wins against the Jets or Nashville. One thing we may keep an eye on uh, over the course of before the next game, Paul, Matias Samuelson did not play the last seven minutes plus in this one. So I don't remember a moment where he did something silly that would have caused him to get benched. Not that that would have happened anyway, but... Maybe just something for us to keep an eye on going into I that I wish game I could Thursday. remember. I do yeah. remember him going to the bench. Not, I wouldn't say struggling, but you could see he was favoring. Yeah. Um, so, but, again, he was on the bench for a bit, so I, I started watching the game again and, and stopped looking at him. I don't know exactly if that was it or when it happened, but they, that's certainly one of the key players on this team that they've already proven they can't do without. Absolutely. The record this year with and without Samuelson, Essentially, is like almost top in the league versus bottom in the league. So, well, I can tell yeah. you they're three and ten without him, and then you can add that into the into the numbers now and tell me what they are with him. Yeah, it's quite a difference here. I mean, with Buffalo having twenty wins, so they would be seventeen, seven, and two with him. Yeah, yeah, really good. Okay, Paul. Well, we're right back at it here Thursday with Winnipeg, and uh, we'll chat then. Thank you very much. Okay, Brian. Take care. Okay, Paul Hamilton down in the Sabres media room here as Buffalo falls by a score of 4-3. to three. So, yes, in the standings, uh, the Sabres falling tonight. Yep, Paul talks about the games in hand. He gave a couple away here uh, over the course of these two days. Still, you know, within striking distance right now. You're six back of Pittsburgh. Still with a game in hand there and two games in hand on the Islanders. But the four games in hand now is down to one and two. So a little bit more work to do with uh, losing two straight hockey games. Uh, you've got Winnipeg on Thursday, uh, and the Jets are playing quite well. They're in second place, one point out of first in the Central. Dallas had a great start to the season, but Winnipeg is 26-14-1, 53 points. So they're a point back of Dallas uh, going uh, into this game. They actually lost in a real high-scoring game tonight in Detroit. Uh, the Red Wings won that game by a score of 7-5, to five. that put the Wings within one point of the Sabres. So, yeah, there's some teams obviously behind Buffalo that maybe uh, could be catching up. So, yes, there's still some games in hand for Buffalo, but it wasn't like 4-5 and five like it was uh, going into Saturday night's game. Now it's down to like, you know, 2-1 and one and, and 3 maybe at most here along the way. Let's go next to our first response from the fans, brought to you by ServPro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. ServPro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy is first and faster to any size disaster, visit TeamLuzzy.com. You can always send me your thoughts after each and every game at Brian WGR. Uh, you can always send me your thoughts on this one here. Um, I know 
A lot of fans want to chime in about the goaltending here. Um, you know, Comrie said he felt fine. Says he's still got a little bit more to feel like what he said would be 100% fully back to the NHL. Uh, Jim ch uh, chiming in saying, you know, what if we don't want Comrie back in the net? He goes, I'm tired of being below 500. Uh, Tom says, Sabres absolutely need to win in this stretch of games right now. He said uh, it's idiotic for Adams to mess with this goaltending given the momentum they would have with Lucan and Anderson. Now, Tom, to defend Adams and Granato here, the plan was for Lucan to play tonight. So it was almost no decision at all here. You're not going to play Anderson back-to-back. -back. It was supposed to be Lukanen's game. But um, obviously with the sickness, guess who's the only other guy you can play? It's Comrie, and you know he maybe would have gotten in at some point soon here over these next few days or over these next few games. So um, Eric chiming in saying, a game of inches tonight, a crossbar, a post, and a different outcome for the Sabres. I'd agree with that. I think tonight maybe there were opportunities, but uh, you know I made that point with Paul just – at some point there, um, the opportunities are there. Just maybe, you know, you get a bad bounce here and there along the way. Um, you know, like, it can happen. It's sports. They're human beings. Sometimes there's some luck involved. And uh, that obviously ended up uh, having tonight quite a bit with some of the Sabre stars. Skinner seems to be snake bitten in terms of scoring. He's still getting in on setting up goals. But uh, obviously he's hit the post now two nights in a row. Thompson, the one-timer, he's had some trouble either with broken sticks or not getting all 100% uh, of the stick on his shots. He even missed a tap-in last night at the side of the net, so, um, so a couple of things there. Uh, one other point, question here. Uh, they asked about not Granado not pulling the goalie when the Sabres had a power play with 5.45 left. So I want to bring Pat in here to get his thoughts on that. Here's the situation. It's 4-2 Seattle. Uh, Pat, we're all up here in the booth saying, hey, if there's a comeback – there has to be a goal here. 5.45 left. Mm -hmm. You have a 5-on-4. Would you make it a 6-on-4 with 5.45 left? You're down by 2 to try to get it within 1 to give yourself maybe the, a full 4 minutes of plus to time to tie it. Now, obviously, Tuck scoring in the final minute maybe makes this argument easier because you don't know that goal's coming. But what do you think about that spot right there? We've heard that, you know, down 2, not in the traditional two- to three-minute mark of pulling it right. a little earlier. What do you think about that? It's a stretch a little bit, and you also have to remember that you know if you get a power play in that situation, all Seattle has to do is send the puck down the ice for two minutes and take shots in an open net, and it's it's three, and, and the game's over. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure the numbers probably say it's more in your favor with the six-on-four, um, so I, I'm not opposed to it. Um, but I also understand, look, Don Granato is not as aggressive as a lot of coaches in the NHL these days, um, just anecdotally, you know, it seems like the Sabres are probably one of the more conservative teams in terms of pulling the goalie. Um, so uh, could it have worked out? Sure, it, it could have helped, and uh, maybe that's the spark you need. Uh, I, I don't sit here, though, and think that Don Granato is mismanaging those situations either. I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, which what your school of thinking is, and, and that is also probably extending it out to the furthest that, that you would want to do that. I, I, you're really on the border of, uh, of really, you know, even if you don't score on that power play, the Sabres still had time between that 20.3 or 21.4 and when that power play was over to, to, to get a goal. So, um, you know, I can understand why some might want the goalie pulled there, but I don't think it was an overly egregious non-decision. 
sometimes when it's um, one less player and you want to make it like five on three, if it's a four on three, you think, hey, I can make it a five on three. Five, uh, six on four, some t- to me, obviously, five on three to me better than six on, on four because mm-hmm. you have more of the ice uh, available to you here. Seattle, a team that can block shots and get in the way of the passing lane, seems to be as good as anybody in the league. Um, probably, I'll, I'll 100% agree with you. I think that Granado is a little too conservative with pulling the goalie. You and I many times are sitting up here when the Sabres are down at the end. You know, there's two minutes left. There's 150 left, and we're like, go, go. You know, we're like, shouldn't he have gone already? And he doesn't. Now, that moment of you're down two with 545 to go, I will say this. I'm not defending it, but maybe go with this thought here. Maybe because the Sabres are so good at scoring and scoring in bunches and scoring quickly that he thinks that this doesn't have to be the spot that we have to score. He's like, look, I got I got Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner who's gonna, who are going to get five more shifts, and I'll take my chances that way versus maybe having the game end on an empty net goal with five minutes still to go in the game. You tell me if I'm wrong. I know they didn't score on the power play, but that's the power play that Tage Thompson hits the inside of the – Yes, the, the inside of the corner of the crossbar. Right, not the even post. the crossbar of the post. Right. He is inches away, what you're talking about with Paul. It just was – it. That shot goes in. It's gone in all year. Right. <laughs> and tonight it doesn't, but he had the chance. He had the look. So, um, you know, the Sabres did get chances on that power play to, to get within a goal and then set yourself up to, to, to have five minutes or so of being down by one and, and you know, trying to get that game-time goal. Yeah, that's the, that's the only thing I can think of why maybe Granado is more conservative in that matter because it does, you know, trend out to the point where the numbers would say pull the goalie there because of the time left, give yourself a six on four. Um, Buffalo's power play has been so lethal. That could also be another piece. Say, look, we can score five on four anyway. Why should I risk it? You know, and you're right. If Thompson's shot is a half an inch lower, then maybe we are sitting here talking about an overtime game or a shootout game. So, um, you know, I, again, I'm not agreeing with it. I'm saying this is why I think Granado is doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and I, like I said, I I can see both sides of it. Where I I'm, I'm taking I'm playing both sides here, but I don't think it's it's a situation where Don Granado wasn't up to the moment either. I don't think he he wasn't prepared for it or wasn't ready to to make a decision. I just think in that situation, he he's not going to pull the goalie that because of what we see five on five. Uh, knowing his style and how he, he kind of bucks the trend of the way that uh, teams pull goaltenders these days. Yeah. Well, this homestand, which, you know, on paper, you see Philadelphia where they are in the standings, and this is horrendous analysis, but you see Seattle and you're like, oh, expansion team, that should be a win, you know, <laughs> but that's not what right. Seattle's all about. Like, so these losses look bad on paper and for real, but. Um, Seattle's legit. They're a good team, and you know they when they have the lead, they're tough to to do what the Sabers like to do on them because they're big. They clog up the lanes. They block a ton of shots. They're very good that way defensively. Um, they are in the game in the four games of my life seeing Buffalo versus Seattle. They have been as good as the best teams in the league in terms of uh oh you made a mistake uh oh you lost a coverage. Mm-hmm. And taking advantage of it and bearing the chances, they're very good at finishing those. And that includes last year when Seattle was not a good team, when when they were not playing uh, at the level that they are this year. So yeah, and you know, oh by the way, Thursday you've got a Winnipeg team coming in. If you only looked at 
last year's results. That's under a different head coach. Rick Bonus, who left Dallas and then eventually ends up in Winnipeg now, holding this team accountable and not letting them get away with the things they were under the previous coaching staff, and they're getting results. He's not as hard-nosed as John Tortorella is, but uh, Rick Bonus is definitely, he's come out a couple of times and let his players know probably in the locker room, but as well through the media, uh, what he's thought of their performance and their lack of effort at times. That's going to be, I'm interested to, I'm really looking forward to seeing Winnipeg here Thursday. Yeah, the uh, no rest for the weary Sabres. That'll be uh, Thursday night. Saturday, they'll, Friday, they'll travel to Nashville, play Nashville Saturday. Then they're back here Monday for Martin Luther King Day, the Kids Day game at 1, and then they go right to Chicago after the game for a Tuesday night game with the Blackhawks. And then you come back Thursday for in the standings, as big of a game as there is in this heavy stretch here, the Islanders are one of the teams that you're trying to chase down in that wild card race, and that's Ryan Miller night. So the building will be buzzing, and it'll be packed, and it'll be sold out, and it'll be loud, and we know the Sabres have really fed off that energy. They're going to need it that night. That'll be a monster game on the schedule. Yeah, it's a lot of ways, a lot of games to go between now and then, but you're right. I mean, that's one you circle on the calendar now and say, it's a must win. You have to win that game if you want to uh, find a way to, to track down the Islanders. Yep. Thank you, Pat. Thanks, Brian. All right, Sabres fall 4-3. to A couple of uh, opportunities maybe let go in this one here for Buffalo. A couple of bounces did not go their way, and uh, it adds up to a 4-3 regulation loss. So Winnipeg is next on Thursday, and that is when we'll speak next. For now, we're going to say goodnight here to everybody on the postgame show. I want to thank our crew, Frank Curry back in our Amherst studio, our network producer. Thank you, Frank. Crew here at KeyBank Center. You just heard from Pat Malacaro. Jonathan Cozio helping out. Paul Hamilton, a reporter in the room. Our pregame show host was the Bulldog. Tom Maddie is our engineer. Our game announcers, Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray. I'm Brian Cozio. Thank you for listening. Again, the final. Kraken 4, Sabres 3. We will talk to you on Thursday night with the Winnipeg Jets in town right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Good night, everyone. Sports Radio 550 WGR Buffalo and WKSE HD2 Niagara Falls Buffalo 98.5 FM. An Odyssey station. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t